You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is Inside Purple and Gold. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani. Co-host Tom Schreier couldn't be here today, but that's okay. We're joined by Lauren Cox. He is the host of the Locked on Bears podcast, and we're happy to have him on today. Lauren, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing well, although I'm, I'm bracing for a game this Sunday that's going to feel a lot more preseason than regular season. So I'm, I'm, I'm going uh, to be stocking up on libations for sure. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Let's talk, let's talk about, you know, this game and we'll, we'll talk about like the, in, the matchups and what this means um, in, in segment two. But when you look at this bears team, three and 13 in contention for the number one overall pick, uh, but at least from an outsider's perspective, from my perspective, you know, who watches the team, you know, not on the regular like you, but is there hope? With Justin Fields, like when you look at what the team can can accomplish down the road, um, did this season offer some hope or are people frustrated by by what's been going on? Yeah, it's about as optimistic as you can be for a team that's lost nine games in a row and fully yeah. expected to lose number 10. It, it's kind of this weird feeling around the team where it's like that, you know, everything is still holding together. You don't have locker room drama. You don't have you know, sideline blowups, I guess last week, Chase Claypool got a little upset on the sideline of the wide receiver, but it wasn't because he wasn't getting the ball. It's because he, he was like, he wanted the team to be like engaged and locked in and say, guys, we're getting our butts kicked. Let's let's like, it was a good sideline blow up, not a frustration boiling over sideline blow up. Like this is a team that feels like they, they feel like they are making progress. And this last week against the lions felt like regression to me. Like the first eight losses were a little bit more like, progress marking in this last one was like oh wait a minute this was a this was a real step back but beyond that it, it has been a team that has shown those flashes like they had a stretch in there when they were they beat the patriots and then lost after you know the the cowboys dolphins and lions and falcons but they were scoring about 30 points a game over that stretch like they were even though the the passing stats have not been there for Justin Fields the the raw production in that regard they're scoring points and they have been finding ways to move the ball and so yeah there is this feeling like Justin Fields is still a work in progress and is far from a finished product, but there has been enough growth and development and, and signs of success, even as everything else around him has been not ideal for quarterback development. Yeah. When you look at Justin Fields, like the, the, the dynamic way he plays the position stands out 
what also stands out to me is like the lack of weapons around him. Like what can you say about the way he's been able to kind of take these, these steps and these leaps and these bounds this year, considering for most of the year, like Equinamius St. Brown has been his, his number one target or Chase Claypool or Darnell Mooney, certainly not some receivers conducive to kind of helping a, a young player grow. Yeah, that's that's been what's made this so difficult, I think, especially for people outside of Chicago, that you glance at the at the box score stats and the and the, just the raw volume production and see, you know, him being ruled out this week, he's gonna finish the season with twenty two hundred passing yards. And it, it's just not a it's not a season that you think of as like good for a quarterback, but he's also not attempting very many passes per game. They're not asking him to throw the ball up and down the field all game long that they're playing to his strengths and to the strengths of the offense, which has also been the running backs and, and run blocking with that offensive line. And so it hasn't been a traditional quarterback evaluation in that regard, but it's been looking at, okay, where has he gotten better from last season to this season and from week one of this season to week 17 of this season? Can you see strides in his games that then presumably next season and beyond when you give him better wide receivers, a better offensive line, and certainly a better defense. Will the foundation be there? The tools, the skills be there that when, when the rest of the team can kind of match it, get up to his level a little bit more, can the production then follow? And you see certainly better pocket presence from him and being able to feel pressure and blitzes better than early this season. He's just, I mean, he, he was quick to just take off and run and couldn't always have a good feel of when he can hang in there and when he cannot. He's getting through his progressions more quickly. Early on, he would hang on to that, that first or second read because he, he wants the big play to be there. It's not that he's having trouble reading it. He's just holding on to it and saying like, oh, if I just wait an extra second, Mooney's going to get open and I can fire this ball in there and understanding that, no, you got to go one, two, three, four, get to your check down more quickly. So it's like those things that aren't sexy and aren't resulting in big production, but are important in his growth. We've seen those, and those are the kind of boxes that I think Bears fans are checking, saying we're feeling pretty good about this quarterback going into the offseason despite nine and soon-to-be ten losses in a row. Yeah, I mean, the season as a whole, like it's hard to say like the Bears are on the up-and-up uh, because <laughs> they're not. They're in contention for the number one overall pick. But as someone who follows the Vikings and lives in Minnesota, like watching what Justin Fields has been able to do this year there's a world in which like he can be a problem for years to come. I remember when the bears were in town a few months ago and Justin Fields rattled off. I think it was like a 60 yard run that ended up getting called back because of a holding penalty, um, a holding just like away from the play did not impact the run. So it's unfortunate for him, um, but it was almost like you saw something click and he's like, I can do this all the time. <laughs> like, and, and, and you've seen those big plays, those, you know, even last week against the Lions, those big chunk run plays. Is there any concern with how much he runs that his body will be able to take the the punishment that comes with playing the quarterback position, playing in the league? Or like, how, how do you kind of evaluate, you know, that's obviously a big part of his game, his legs, um, with not risking, you know, injury on a long-term basis? That's definitely a, a very real concern. And I think if you polled Bears fans, that's a bigger concern than the quarterback development side, right? Like, mm -hmm. I, I think there's less concern over, oh, will he become a productive enough passer for this team? But it's, will he be able to hold up consistently as a runner and just taking the hits that he's taken this season? Like, I think it can be a little bit 
exaggerated because we think of all the tackles he's had on running plays. But like the bigger issue I'll point to is he's been sacked 55 times this season. I mean, sure. like Jay Cutler's most sacks in a season, I think was 52 in some of those bad years in Chicago with, with bad offensive lines. Like he's taking hits on a lot of passing plays, let alone the plays as a runner. Cause at least when you're the runner, right, you tend to have a little bit more control over the contact that you're going to receive. You know, you see the tackle coming and you can change how your body position is going to be. You can slide, you yeah. can step out of bounds in the pocket or behind the line of scrimmage, you know, you're holding it on, holding on to it to the last possible second and kind of at the mercy of what the pass rusher is going to do to you. So I, I'm a little bit more concerned in that regard. I will say, you know, he's, he's big, he's strong. He's, you know, that, that was one of the concerns like with Lamar Jackson coming out was his injuries because he was so kind of thin and frail and, and he bulked up quite a bit in, in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And I think we're seeing fields already have a decent amount of that bulk and some, still some ability to grow there. So it's a real concern, but he's also, really tough and has played through rib injuries in the national championship game. And now this season he played through a strained left shoulder. He played through a rib injury. He was evaluated for a concussion last week and, and came back in the game and got stepped on in the week before that. And now this week he reported some hip soreness on Monday and they got an MRI that determined there's a hip strain. So he's out for this week. But if the bears were, if the bears were in playoff contention, he would definitely be playing on Sunday. For sure. The Bears, they're an interesting team to me because, like you said, like we've been talking about, they have Justin Fields. They have their quarterback, at least they think so right now. Um, things can change, you know, on a year-by-year -year basis in the NFL, but it, it seems right now they're going to build around Justin Fields, and that seems like obviously the right decision with the way he's, you know, shown, you know, his ability this year. They also are going to have a boatload of money to spend this offseason. So, like, how do you – what's your – fix or your your game plan it, you know if you're ryan poles and, and i obviously ryan poles was a finalist for the vikings dm job um ended up picking chicago tears that thing down to the studs and now gets an opportunity to kind of build it back up in in, in his vision if you have all this money what are what are you focusing most on first first and foremost um around justin fields around the rest of the team what's what's your big we gotta go get this this offseason it's so interesting because right, all the talk is going to be about fields and you know, you want to get them receivers and you want to give them an offensive line and stuff. But I really think I'm predicting that the bulk of the focus, especially in free agency is actually going to be on the defense and it's a horrendous defense. And I know it's, it's, it's easy to kind of overlook that with the field stuff, but like this is a preseason roster out there. I mean, there, we might have three week one starters, maybe four, depending on how the injury goes playing in this game on or starting this game on Sunday. I mean, that's how, both injuries, trades, and a couple of guys getting benched. That's how much turnover there's had to be on that side of the ball. And like when you look at the offense, the, the free agent wide receiver class is weak. It's yep. Juju Smith-Schuster. It's Alan Lazard. I mean, and those guys could still be re-signed by their teams. There's not a number one go get him, make make him your top target type of player out there, which is what Ryan Poles essentially admitted at his press conference after trading for Chase Claypool. He said, yeah, we kind of looked ahead of free agency and thought, Let's go get this guy now so we make sure we get somebody and have him in the building earlier as opposed to waiting in free agency and not liking the options that we see there. The offensive line has a number of young players that have been developing, so I don't know if they're going to come in and do what Poles did in Kansas City after they lost a the Super Bowl, not as GM, but as assistant GM, where they signed like four new offensive linemen, traded for one, and revamped Patrick Mahomes' whole O-line. I don't really see that as the case for the Bears. They might sign one or two guys at most there, but otherwise backfield is pretty much intact. Tight end is pretty much set. 
you're not going to sign big money at wide receiver. So then it's defense. It's this is maybe the worst pass rush in football. Get me an edge rusher. Get me an interior pass rusher. Deron Payne is kind of the the fan favorite free agent defensive tackle right now from the Washington commanders, but you're probably going to need something at linebacker. You're going to need something in the secondary. It's just get as much defensive talent, but particularly I think up front in that trenches will be the, the free agency priority for sure. For sure. Yeah. Definitely interesting to kind of think about what they're going to do and the options they're going to have um, this weekend. When we come back, we'll talk about the actual game. Um, It wasn't the thing we led with because it doesn't really matter. Um, it matters a little for the Vikings if they get some help. It matters a little for the Bears because they can get the number one overall pick. But as Lauren was saying, this is a glorified three-season game coming up. But we're going to talk about it when we come back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Joined today by Lauren Cox, host of the Locked On Bears podcast. Give him a follow at Cox Sports One. Lauren, we've talked about this game or, you know, previewed it, alluded to it. It doesn't mean much. And and the way the teams are approaching it, at least from the Bears perspective, um, shutting down fields, like you said, with the hip strain, um, basically kind of putting this thing in reverse and saying, let's get the number one overall pick. The Bears are treating it the way I think the Vikings should be treating it because the Vikings have come out and said, we're going to play our starters. You know, there is something to play for. Uh, the bears are saying we're going to start Nathan Peter. So what are, what are you expecting out of the bears this week? Uh, how can you even project what's going to happen um, with how many players are, are even going to be suited up? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm projecting disaster and I feel like every betting line I've ever seen for this game seems way too low. Like it's, I, I, if the bears are within double digits, I will, I think that'll be a catastrophic failure from the Vikings and <laughs> a miracle for the Chicago bears. I, a lot of it's just a lack of faith in Nathan Peterman and feeling like Justin Fields was covering a lot of warts on both sides of the ball, really with his ability to just single-handedly take a broken play and make it a 60 yard touchdown run. And that's right. yeah, wide receivers make some nice blocks downfield in those plays. It's not, purely single-handedly but obviously the big difference there and Peterman having his history of being Nathan Peterman doesn't give me much faith uh, in the Bears scoring a lot of points offensively in this game but I will be looking at like yes the Bears are treating it like a preseason game but will the players still care you know will they come out and play hard especially the guys that are getting these opportunities that they wouldn't have otherwise gotten because the Bears aren't caring about the game. Like specifically in the Bears secondary, right? They've, they've had they two or three corners on injured reserve. And now one of their few week one starters there, rookie Kyler Gordon is questionable with a groin injury that had him limited at practice this week. So we could see starting cornerbacks, Harrison Hand, Michael Ojemudia and Breon Borders. And none of those three players were on this roster before December 1st. 
Like they, you know, they've been here a month and might be your three starting cornerbacks against Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Like it's just not that's not going to go well in any reality. So I, I really feel like if the Vikings wanted to try this hard, they, they could they could get Justin Jefferson to the single season receiving record. He's not that far. I mean, he's like needs like what 200, 250 yards. Like yeah. it's a lot, but that's not out of the question against what the Bears will be having in the secondary, the lack of pass rush, and an offense on the other side that will struggle to get first downs. Harrison Hand, former Viking, so he'll, maybe yeah. he'll have a hand in helping Justin Jefferson break the all-time receiving yard. There's a lot of former Vikings on the Bears and a few former Bears on the Vikings that are going to be a nice little reunion there. Armand Watts trying to get things going in the pass rush there. Uh, a few uh, Elijah Lee and Demarcus Gates and uh, Jalen Holmes. I mean, this defense has a lot of former Vikings on it, so m- maybe they'll have the secret. I, I don't think so. Sure. When you when you look at this game though, like from a Vikings perspective the fact that the Vikings are even playing any of their starters, I think is a mistake. Uh, but to your point, Lauren, like this game should be out of hand close in, or early enough in the game yeah. where you can, where you can play your backups. Is there a world in which you, you see that this is competitive and then what would have to happen for that to, for this game to be competitive? So a lot, uh, Nathan Peterman would need to be a quarterback that he's not, but, or <laughs> one of my bold predictions for this game is that we see Tim Boyle attempt a pass for the Chicago bears, at least one pass. And I think that's the way you maybe make it competitive. Not that I even think Tim Boyle is very good. I just know that Tim Boyle has not thrown five interceptions in a half before. And that I feel like, you know, if the bears get down 28 to three in the second quarter or whatever it is, and maybe, you know, they bench Nathan Peterman pit, put Tim Boyle in and, you know, maybe they make it a little bit close in the second half, largely garbage time against Vikings backups. Like that's, that's about where I feel it would be. I'll also say that, Bears kickoff return man, Valus Jones, the rookie, he, the last like three or four games in a row, he's had kicks to, to the 50 yard line or, or close. Like he's, it feels like one of these games, he's going to break that one free and go loose. So it's, it's, it would take something like that. A special teams touchdown there, a blocked punt there, a, a weird Kirk Cousins fumble or interception that gets brought back for a touchdown. Cause I just don't think it's going to be Nathan Peterman game managing this offense all the way down to the field, down, down the field multiple times and finishing drives in the end zone. That just doesn't feel very realistic. Sure. You mentioned Bayless Jones and the, the, the dynamic nature he brings to the kick return game. Is there anyone else that Vikings fans need to know about this week? Is there anyone that you can say like, look out for this guy because he could do some things that pop off the screen. Um, this game as a whole, as we continue to reiterate, not a lot to write home about. Is there anyone else that you can think of that 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 kind of fits the mold there? Uh, definitely not pop off the screen. <laughs> I mean, we know like Khalil Herbert in the backfield is a is a home run threat quite often. Although he was his first game back was last week against Detroit, and he looked really a step slow and, and not a hundred percent healthy. So I'm not optimistic there. Of course, like David Montgomery runs hard and is going to make guys miss and, and make you earn every tackle that you get on him. But it doesn't like pop off of the screen there. I guess I'll say that. Dante Pettis, the, the wide receiver, like three or four times this season, there have been plays where a defense just forgets about him and he's wide open for a 50-yard touchdown or a 25-yard touchdown. And it's just like, oh, like, and usually it's because Justin Fields extends the play but stays behind the line of scrimmage and, you know, rolls all the way to the left and Pettis is on the right side of the field, standing there wide open to get a pass caught in the open field and then walks into the end zone untouched. And it's not because he jumped off the field or was just – that good of a route runner or that explosive of a player. He just right place, right time, lucky break. And something like that, I guess is, is always worth consideration, but really 
No, there, there's not a lot to get excited about. Jaquan Brisker at safety can, can deliver a big hit, maybe pop a football out, but even he was a little rough last week against the Lions in some really bad angles in run defense from the deep safety spot. There you have it, Vikings fans. According <laughs> to Lauren Cox of Locked On Bears podcast, there is absolutely no way this game should be close. It's funny hearing you talk about this game, Lauren, because I do think Vikings fans in the back of their head, you know, they aren't thinking about who's going to play, who's who's going to be available for the Bears. They're just thinking the only thing this team does is play close games that are that are decided by one score. Um, but kind of hearing you name some of these guys that, that will be on the field. <laughs> that you've um, never heard of before. Absolutely never heard of. I made up half of those names, and you don't know which <laughs> ones are real and which ones were. <laughs> if there was ever a time to get right from just getting your butt kicked by the Green Bay Packers last week, um, it is right now for the Vikings. Um, they have a lot to kind of look forward to as far as the playoffs. And, and when you look at the confidence that they could perhaps build this weekend, maybe that's why Kevin O'Connell is playing the starters because he doesn't want the last taste to be getting your butt kicked at Lambeau field. He wants to kick the bears, butt at soldier field, um, a bunch of reserve players playing against some of the, you know, some of the top tier playmakers in the league. And I will say like, if Justin Fields was playing, I would feel much more like a mm-hmm. bears would be trying to win and keep it close, but then B that, you know, this Vikings defense has some real vulnerabilities there and totally. that Justin Fields can score. Like I would expect a healthy, a healthier Bears team with Fields to be able to make this a little more of a shootout where I, a much more closer on the spread there. But it's, I mean, Nathan Peterman has thrown five pass attempts, I think, this season for the Bears and has an interception already. <laughs> he came in garbage time and threw a pick. Like that, that's, that's where we're at. So that's why the, uh, it's not just his, his Buffalo reputation. It has followed him to Chicago. Yeah, I think the game opened at minus one, Vikings minus one. Um, <laughs> that was obviously with Fields um, in the mix. And I, it's currently, as of Friday afternoon, Vikings minus eight. So we'll see this weekend. Lauren, that's all we got for you today. Thank you so much for stopping by. We appreciate you squeezing 25 minutes out of out of this orange because not much to talk about as far as the game this week. Um, but we'll definitely keep an eye on on kind of the bears off season. And, and, you know, it it might not be next year. It might not be the year after that, but with, you know, the pieces they have in place and the money they have, you know, at their expending um, could be some, a team to be reckoned with down the road here. I appreciate you guys having me on. And I hope, uh, hope the game is more fun for you guys to watch than it is for me. All right. There you have it. Lauren Cox, uh, give him a follow at Cox sports one. When we come back, we'll get into purple prop party. It'll be our last one of the year. Um, and then we'll kind of push ahead and, and, and talk about the game coming up this weekend. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani. It's time for a Purple Prop Party. Our last one of the regular season. Um, it's been kind of a fun thing to do each week. Hopefully we've made some of you some money out there. I do think taking the Justin Jefferson over and receiving yards, if you've just done that for 16, 17 straight weeks, you've probably come out money ahead. Um, but it, this has been a fun little segment and 
you know, we'll continue it through the playoffs and then hopefully next year as well. Um, I think it's a fun way to kind of break up um, the week and, 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 and talk just kind of on a macro perspective on what's going on each week. So for the last time in the regular season, purple prop party this week, the Vikings traveling to Chicago to play the bears at soldier field noon kickoff one o'clock Eastern Vikings minus eight in that game. Vikings minus eight on the road. And some of you might be thinking, you know, that the Vikings don't beat anyone by a lot. Well, how can it be minus eight? Um, one, because the Bears are actively going to be trying to lose this game. I, I truly believe that. Because if they lose and, and the Houston Texans win this weekend, the Bears will have the number one overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft. Another reason, Justin Fields is not going to play. Uh, Matt Eberflus came out earlier this week, announced that Justin Fields will not be playing in the game. Nathan Peterman will be starting. Somehow Nathan Peterman's still in the NFL, um, and he will be starting this weekend at Soldier Field against the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings minus eight in that game. All of it, when you know the context, kind of makes sense. I'm going to take the Vikings to cover. I, I'm, I'm a little hesitant solely because they, they only play one-score games exclusively, it feels like. But the fact that the Vikings have decided that they're going to play their starters for an indefinite amount of time, it could be the first half, it could be the whole game, coupled with the fact that the Bears are playing a quarterback who I do not think should be in the NFL, uh, I, I think it's enough that the Vikings should be able to cover that eight-point spread. The over-under is a different story, 43. Um, it's a low over-under already, but I have a hard time believing this game goes over. Um, it, it's going to have to be the Vikings doing a lion's share of the scoring if the game is going to go over, because I don't think the Bears are going to score very much. I understand the Vikings defense has hemorrhaged yards this year and, and is among the worst in the league when it comes to opponents gaining yards on, on, on a game-by-game -game basis. Um, so perhaps the Bears will be able to move the ball some. I just don't see them scoring a lot of points with Nathan Peterman leading the charge. Um, Justin Fields basically is the offense in Chicago. He has nobody to throw to. David Montgomery is an okay running back at this point. Um, Khalil Herbert's mixing back in in the backfield. Um, but when you take away Justin Fields, the, the Chicago offense basically does not exist. So I, I don't think the Chicago Bears will do a lot of scoring. I think in order for the over of 43 to hit, it, it's going to be a need, the Vikings needing to do a lot of that scoring, and I just don't see them putting up that many points. So I expect them to cover the eight point spread. I do not expect this game to go over 43 time for our player prop. It's always Justin Jefferson DraftKings, which is the sports book we use for these lines um, did not have it this week. Um, I think maybe they're either running behind on a Friday afternoon or maybe not placing a line because we don't really know how much Justin Jefferson is going to play. So we're using prize picks. They do have it. Prize picks has it at 90 and a half receiving yards for Justin Jefferson. I pick Justin Jefferson over every week. So you would think I'm just going to pick the over this week. I'm going to pick the under under 90 and a half. And, and the reason I'm taking the under is because I don't think he's going to play the whole game. I really don't. I think watching a guy like Brian O'Neill, your star right tackle go down, you know, on the surface at Lambeau field last week. 
you know, on a routine play, trying to chase down a, a pick six that went the other way. Brian O'Neill partially tears his Achilles just running, you know, on the grass at Lambeau Field. I, I think if you can pad a lead this Sunday at Soldier Field in, in the early stages of the game in the first half, you shut everyone down. And, and because I think the Vikings are going to cover, because I think the Bears are going to struggle to move the ball or to put up points on the board, I think this game could be well decided within the first half, early in the second. And because of that, I think at that point you rest all your starters. You pull everyone from the game, Justin Jefferson first and foremost. So I think if you played the whole game, 90 and a half is an easy over. I don't think you will. So I think you got to take the under here. Uh, Justin Jefferson, 90 and a half receiving yards inside purple and gold. We are taking the under there. So there you have it. That is our last installment of Purple, in, uh, Purple Prop Party for the regular season. We will be back next week to kind of break down whoever the Vikings are going to play um, you know, in, in the playoffs. Also, me and Tom Schreier will be back this Sunday, perhaps Monday, depending on scheduling, um, to kind of recap the Bears game and maybe to talk about playoff seating. Obviously, a lot on the line this week for the Vikings if the 49ers lose to the Cardinals this week. If the 49ers win, there's nothing on the line for the Vikings, win or lose. They will not get the two seed. They will stay at three. Uh, if the 49ers lose the game, then the Vikings can obviously jump uh, to number two. Um, that will be decided You know, by the time the 49ers and Cardinals take the field on Sunday. The Niners will know if they need to win or lose um, to, to, to secure the two seed because the Vikings are in the noon slot. The Niners are in the three o'clock slot. Um, long-windedly that's my way of saying me and tom will be back on sunday to kind of talk about this and break it all down and then we'll come at you next week to talk about the important stuff the playoffs and and we can't wait to talk about that once again thank you for stopping by it's always been fun uh we'll be back at you this weekend for dan mizutani inside purple and gold we're out Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.